It is your host, Boogie the Beast. Thank you so much for tuning in with me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, any way that you found me and got to this episode, I welcome you. And on top of that, I want to welcome one of my good friends to the episode of the podcast, a really, really good, genuine Southern man. Um, I have nothing but positive things to say about him, but uh, you know, I hope you guys pick up on it. And uh, show him the same love that he shows to everybody. So without further ado, this is my dog. My dog from the silk. From the silk. Mr. Tyrone McDonald. Hey! What's going on, man? Hey, Jordan. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good, man. Man, ever since I told you about the silk, you've been saying everything. For people who don't know, the silk in Mississippi. Let them know. Let them, can you spell it out for them? <laughs> Can you spell it out for him? M I S S I S S I P P I. M I, crooked letter, crooked letter, I, crooked letter, crooked letter, humpback, humpback, I, something like that. But nonetheless, this is my dog, and this is a special podcast for me, and I'm going to give you your flowers at the end of this. But I wanted you to come on and just share a little bit about with the people. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people uh, have never traveled to the South. A lot of people. I've never been out of the places they've been, and I feel like you knocked out two of those, jumping to a whole other region, and also being from the place that a lot of people have never visited. So, you know what I'm saying? Give a little bit about, you know, where you from in Mississippi. I'm from Jackson, so it's the capital. Okay. So, just to give you a little perspective, my high school was 99 point, about either 6 or 8% black. <laughs> There were about six white people in the whole school. The whole high school. <laughs> and how big How big was your graduating class? My graduating class was about 350. Okay. It's close school, like 1,600. Okay, so 1,600 people, and you had close to, you said like 10 to ten to 15 white people. Less than, less than 10. <laughs> <laughs> like, you just think about that. That's crazy. That's crazy. What was, uh, I mean... Ah, like, there's so many ways to go with this, but, so we were talking about this before we turned it on, but, like, you know, like, what is it like, I guess it's hard to ask this, but, like, what is it like growing up in the South compared to, like, hearing other people's perspectives now? Like, do you feel like, like, Southern gentlemen or, like, your chivalry just goes a lot further without ever thinking of anything to come from it? Like, how do you, now that you're out here on the West Coast, I should ask that, basically, like, looking back at the way you were raised and stuff like that, like... Do you see manners out here on the West Coast compared to the South? Like, So, to me, certain things came more like, and I don't do it for other people, I do it for myself. Mm. So, just like, like I said, it's the way you're raised. So, I don't know this, how other people do things, but once you kind of show kindness, then kindness is sort of kind of given. Yeah. So, for instance, I hold the door open for people at work. And eventually, people start doing the same thing from the way they see me around. Whether or not they do that for other people, or whether or not they don't, mm-hmm. or I speak and say, "Hey," and they give me the the look like, um, <laughs> "I don't know you," but I'm like, "I don't know you." I'm just, I'm just speaking. Work at the same place, same company. No need to, and then keep it moving. So yeah, it's just like some people pick up on, it and honestly, people who do, 
I, that's how you make connections right there because people who you can connect with is just like that. You can mm-hmm. tell the vibe, tell their energy, and then they're like, okay. Yeah. No, that's real. So, you know, being in the South, being in, you know, when we're going back to Jackson real quick, you know what I'm saying? The high school dynamic. So, like, every, everybody, everybody black, every, just everybody, like, the whole town, everything was just black. Like, did you ever experience, because I'm coming from a very, like, I want to know and understand, like, did you ever experience, because being from Arizona, we see, and I see personally, I've seen racism or I've seen racial tension and things like that but it was more like blacks versus mexicans or uh you know white white versus you know uh people of color any minority group but like being in the south you know we just instantly think of racism that's where the root of it is like yeah. have you ever seen it like okay so let me put i know it's like very this. ignorant to ask like that but I, yeah think about it like this i'll tell you about my percentage of high school that should give you the area i was in mm-hmm. so there was certain areas that you knew you did not want to speak in mm. so it was sort of kind of like this past that like you know what like the sundown people, towns like people in la know i'm not supposed to wear this color on this side of the street gotcha it's more so like i know i'm not supposed to go to that town and if i do i make sure i'm, I'm on my p's and my q's mm. So it's more so like you learn how to avoid it, and then most of the racism, um, I say out here is quiet, out there is loud. Wow. So when they wow. when they chose to get rid of the Confederate flags, mm-hmm. some they used to hang up on gas stations. That's how you knew what gas station not to stop by. Mm. You just drive by, you see a Confederate flag on that guy, say, like, I'm going to make it to the next one. Well, I guess I got to make it to the next one. I got about 16 miles left. That's that's how it is sometimes. And then, like you say, you don't know, then you always just play a little bit safe. And, like, the, the those towns you're talking about where it's just one stop sign. just The sundown towns. You... It, it's a it's corn flip. <laughs> you, you just don't know. Yeah. So I mean, so even like playing in like, cause you played sports, right? You played football. I played football and tennis. So and tennis. Okay. My family is actually more like a sports thing. On my dad's side, mm-hmm. my dad played basketball and he went in football in high school. He Did he go to the same high school as you? Nope. He okay. went to Madison Regional, and then okay. he went. Then he went to a um, community college. Played basketball and then went to like a private school and played basketball okay. my auntie is a basketball coach at community college or she was mm-hmm. now she take more on director role there um and then almost everyone on my dad saw they grew up playing baseball starting off and then went off branched off from there so talking about sports and talking about like you know again we're gonna harp on this off for a little bit because this is my this is like a true perspective of me like getting knowledge but also because we see something on TV we see something on social media but now like I get to ask you in person if that yeah, makes sense so it. like going to football games like did you ever play like that you know like did you ever play that team where it was like this is deeper than football now like you know that that private white school or like the the school across town where it was like so the unique thing about my school was so the school district I was in had like six or seven high schools. They mm-hmm. transferred from a high school to a middle school at one point. Mm-hmm. So, wow. <laughs> and, and my school was the only six A school. So everything else was like six A, five A, four A type mm-hmm. of deal. So it was like when we played against schools in our district, 
I mean, our JPS district, not, not our 685 school district, who was good. When we went on to play in school in the other district, now they got humbled. <laughs> <laughs> That's when thing was that that's when thing got a little bit hard. I'm yeah. still trying to figure out. Say for instance, one of the toughest team you play. Why in the world would you play them for homecoming? <laughs> I I never got that. Yeah, you're supposed to play an easy team. You're supposed to play the easy win. team to win. But yeah. my coach up here thinking, oh, we're gonna get the momentum from the homecoming. I was like, so yeah. so, but so, did you ever have to play like? You know that that school, like where it was just the complete opposite, almost like an all white. I mean, that's what I meant by when I say out the district. Got you. And so Got almost you. all the school out the district, they had a, a decent percent, but it was majority white for for them. Got you. So, huh. yeah. How was tennis like coming, like being a black man in tennis? I mean, obviously now your school being one hundred and ninety six percent black, but like <laughs> tennis. I learned how to play tennis in high school. Mm. So, it's kind of strange because going against those, like in that district, we, we was pretty much dominated. But when you go against people who've been holding a racket since six, since they were six or seven versus yeah. people who just held the racket, and that's not just one or two people, that's like the whole 80% squad. of your team. You might have one or two people who parents play, so they taught their kids, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. So, we up here fighting for the um, district that was... And then we up here going to our um, going to the sixth day. That classification just got murdered just by everyone. We just up here trying to survive. Yeah, like, we got to survive. We get the we get the district banner, but you know what I'm saying the regional. But yeah, now we got to get past that. Yeah, I feel that. So okay, that's how that was. Yeah. So so fast forwarding a little bit after that, um, I ain't gonna put your age out there, but there's a reason why we harped on high school so much. But you know what I'm saying. But we ain't gonna we ain't gonna go down that road. But uh. So you graduate high school, yeah. and it's time to go to college. Now, you stayed in state for college, right? Yes. What made you choose? Actually, just tell the people where you went and what did you major in, and I'll, I'll go from there. I went to Mississippi State University. The SIP! The SIP! It's back! And I majored in mechanical engineering. Mechanical engineering. Yeah. We're going to get into this a little bit. Um, why... Why that? Like, what about that? So I had to go back to high school. So I was going back. I was in a, a there was a program in my school. My high school was right across from the hospital. So we used to shadow a doctor. There's like 16 people and go across the street, shadow a doctor for an hour a day. Mm-hmm. For the, It's like a two-year program. Then you work full-time during like a summer, one or two summers. Hmm. Um, so while I was there, there was someone in the lab. Like, you know, like you have those um, the people who's pretty much just assisting the doctors, like mm-hmm. TA, almost like, like a nurse there. and things like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. more so, but it's more research based. So, okay, gotcha. So the one person who was in there with me, he was a biomed, and he was a cool. He was a pretty cool person. So he kind of introduced me a little bit to the engineering side. And I'm like, I could do biomed, but then I, I started researching it. And it's like, you need a master's or a PhD in order to actually get a job. <laughs> I got to go in debt 600000 to make 200000 And it was like, I can just get a job with a bachelor if I go mechanical. And if I want to still go that route, mm-hmm. I can minor in biology or something along that line and still get the same position or I still be competitive. Because biomed is still like a new upcoming. Yeah. So, I mean... 
and, and I think it's just, for me listening to you explain all this, I'm just like, yeah, I could go biomed, but like, I'm just gonna go get a mechanical engineer. Like, we're not talking like, yeah, you know, like, I wanna go be a college professor, but like, I'm just gonna go get an associate's in like general studies. Like, you, you went into engineering and like, dest- like destroyed it. Like, you, I mean, no pun intended about destruction, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you, was it a walk, like, was it a walk in the park for you then? Or like, oh, was no. it, was it hard? Like, this is, this is a big thing is, I have met on my hands the amount of engineers that I know in my life. I then can take one hand away and a few fingers and narrow down mechanical engineering. Like that's a that's like a accolade. Like that's a milestone. Like I do you understand how powerful that is to be a black man in in, in your field? Not yet because I'm still young in the mm. field. So I got a couple mentors at work mm-hmm. that keep pushing me to get higher and higher degrees. But yeah, I, I I definitely can kind of see. I feel like once I get to that level, or once I get to a higher level, become more known. But I'm about the only black person in my immediate work area. Got you. So let's go back to college now, real quick. You said it was a little hard. What was the hardest part about you know going? What was the hardest part about going from high school to college for you? Because I mean, you stayed in state. You know, this is a multi-level question, but were a lot of your friends at Jack at, at the SIP or so I'm from Jackson. Yeah, a lot of my classmates went to the Jackson State University. Got you. Shout out! Shout out to Prime Time. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Prime Time. So I'm going down there if you gave me a job. I'm down there tomorrow. But yes. So a lot of my, a lot of people. Then I have a couple. I have a couple people that follow me to state engineering. Okay. So yeah. And, you know, kind of, I guess, you know, it's, it's also when you hear like family was so sports oriented family and now it's, it's a switch of like, I'm gonna go do mechanical engineering, you know, like it, it was never a switch. Well, it's, no, I'm sorry. So, I meant like everybody else also being science backgrounds. Oh, no, no, sense. no, no. I thought you meant a switch from them thinking me as sports guy to. Oh yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Guy. But you, you're just yeah. the, the first out of what I'm hearing is like. Family did sports. Family did sports. Family did sports. And now you're like, well, I'm going in the science world. So, actually, my uncle that's out here, he's yeah. an engineer. He's civil. Okay. Okay, got so, it. Not the first. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, out of... Okay. So, yeah, my the first, family, yes. Family. Gotcha. Yeah. All, all my... Me and my brother and sister, we're all different. Yeah. <laughs> all, all took different routes. Now, your brother is like a musical genius. That's my younger brother. Yes. I had an older brother who into teaching and the older sister who was an accountant into banks but now she's doing real estate with her and her husband so math what would uh, what subject in, in school and in teaching for the other or your older brother oh um, elementary so he's he more okay, like gotcha. he more like the younger gotcha uh, so early, early math was not his specialty at early all. development math you have mechanical engineer and then you have a true musician because if i'm not mistaken your brother we gonna gas him up real quick. He knows how, like how many instruments. He can play like two or three. Two or three, and he's a singer. And he can sing. Singing is really his main thing, though. Ah, singing okay. is really his main thing. Okay, okay, all right. So we get done with college. You know what I'm saying? The seal, and now it's time to make that. Like you were saying, hey, I got my degree. I'm gonna go get a job. Now we talked about it a little bit. How you did internships back and forth, but what was the transition like going from the south to here? When that decision was coming up, 
I couldn't wait to get out. <laughs> I couldn't wait to get out. Like, I already had a little taste. Like Jordan said, I had an internship out here. And so I had a little taste of California. I'm like, yeah, Mississippi is not the the highest place to be when you're young. Mm. But it's just like there's not a lot to do. Like, Jackson is not the safest city. And almost anything you want to do that's fun is a little bit dangerous. A little risky. A little risky, mm-hmm. pretty much. But out here, it's a lot more comfortable. Not so, like, yeah, it's easy to get all the meet up, group up. You can meet different people out and about, and you can make connections. Yeah. And how is that? How has that transition been? I guess like going to get your job or your career. Excuse me, going to get your career. Like, did you did you look at any other states, or was it just like, oh, my uncle's west. I'm going to go to the West. I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't even think of my uncle. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even think of my uncle. So, my the good thing about internship is, and I don't say my company, I work at Northrop. The good thing about them is they hire about 90% of their interns. They're at least going to give you an offer. Yeah. As long as you don't do something like sleep at your desk yeah. or come in late every day, you're probably going to get an offer. Mm-hmm. Because they already trained you, they always put in the time with you. And if they don't offer you, your manager or whoever over you has the ability to push you somewhere else, if that makes sense. So he can still give you like, oh, this person was still a good fit. He he just wasn't, he was a hard worker. He just didn't fit into this particular group. Mm -hmm. I think he'd be more suited. So it's more like along the lines of you get an internship, do you get a job? Now getting an internship, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> Getting the internship is hard. What, what was the first time what was the first time you came out to California like? Twenty eighteen. And it was <laughs> I was getting out of the Navy. Oh my it, god. It was summer twenty eighteen. So my homeboy Dom, he's out here now too. So we had a hotel room that we were renting out till we got Airbnb. We rented a room so the hotel was super expensive. So we rented a room, like in Hawthorne area, close to our work. And he had the bed, we had like an air mattress on the floor, and we just shared the room. Mm-hmm. But that's, it was one of the hottest summers. And I learned that LA did not believe in air conditioning. <laughs> From Mississippi, air conditioning is it's essential. A, is a necessity. <laughs> if someone tells you your house does not have, have AC, the house is already cheap there, but you just go from cheap to literally, you're not selling it unless someone wants to invest the money to <laughs> input that AC. To throw that $5,000 unit on there. You're not selling the house. It's yeah. just that simple. Oh my God. And don't don't get me started on the wash and dryer too because they, they come with almost everything but I, I can do without that. Mm-hmm. The AC? Oh. Yeah. So first time out here, you know, you're at work but like what was it like? Like I know we just talked about like mannerisms and things like that coming from the West or I mean coming from the South to the West and like saying hey to everybody but like your first time out in California like you know, obviously you had like a mutual person out here, but like, you know, did you explore a lot? Were you like outside as much as you could be? Like, were you sightseeing? Like what, what drew you to California? You are tuned into the Say It Loud podcast. Say it loud. Say it loud. It's funny. It's deep. It's lame. Say it loud. Say it loud. Best podcast I've ever listened to. Oh, the internship. 
Like my mentor ended up getting a job, he referred me in. I was like, I'm definitely coming because I need a job. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was around that time. So mm-hmm. that that got me like here. But while I was out here, I didn't have a car. Mm. So I learned how to use a train to get downtown, to get to Hollywood during the day, then I Uber back during the night. Uh, went to the beach, like the Redondo Beach to Mercer area right there, and we, I went to Carnival my first time out there, out there that year. Now we're gonna, we, hey, we gonna get into uh, the King Tyrone here in a minute about, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's uh, Carnival. No, Carnival is just, that's when I was first introduced to that, and mm-hmm. it was just like a, a eye-opener. So, I did some stuff, but I really was staying low-key because they, they gave me a stipend. And they taxed the stipend. <laughs> so it was like, me, even though me and him were both pulling our money in together, we wasn't trying to go all out, all right. out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But you still got to enjoy yourself. And that's oh, yeah, what matters. Yeah, and now we're looking at, let me see, public math, four years later. Here yeah. we are, you know what I'm saying, full time. You know what I'm saying, in L.A., at the job that you interned at. Um you know, what is it now that you're a seasoned person, you know what I'm saying? Like away from home, like, you know, have you started to feel that perspective of friends or people from home being like, man, like, look at Tyrone out there living in L.A., you know what I'm saying? Or family. I, I kind of had that experience, but then like two or three weeks ago, my friend came out here. He was like, you're crazy. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> these, these people up here charging how much for gas? He saw that five dollar gas. Yes. He said he, he said I'm gonna cook him five, four or five times the first day on the road. <laughs> He's like rent. So I had another friend out here who rent is uh, about double mine. She sent me Anaheim, but she got her masters and all that stuff. Yeah. So, with biomed engineering, so she's doing okay. But it was just like. Yeah. <laughs> they 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 up here hearing our rent prices and they're like they it's like you don't get paid double mm-hmm. <laughs> what I make down there. Right. That that what it would take for me to move out here. Right now now just to perspective, not your place, but uh, or uh, you live in a one bedroom one bathroom, correct? No, two bed. Okay, two bedroom one bath one bath. How much would that be in Jackson, Mississippi? A two bedroom one bathroom. I don't mind telling people. I'm, it's probably like eighteen. I'm paying right now. Mm-hmm. Two bedroom, one bath, probably around like one ten, if that. Wait, what do you mean? Like one thousand one hundred, if that. Oh, okay, eleven $1, hundred. Okay, okay, got you. I thought you meant one hundred and ten dollars. I was like, yo, I'm about to go buy up the old no, Jackson. No. Okay, so, so no. got you. Got you. But still, like, yeah, right. It's listen. That, that's a whole. That's a whole topic for a whole other thing, man. But um, but yeah, you know, like you're saying, like you're making I, it. And at least so when I went to school, mm-hmm. my rent was five hundred dollars. <laughs> when I went to school, my rent was five hundred dollars, <laughs> and it pretty much was like think of it's pretty much like a studio. Almost you had your own room, mm-hmm. bed. It was small, and you had your bath, your own bathroom, mm-hmm. and then you share like a kitchen and a living a common area with like three other people. Yeah, that's. And then that's if you didn't want those three other people, you could probably do. You, you could pretty much have three roommates and it'd just be a, probably an extra fifty, sixty dollars, something like that. Mm-hmm. Or you can go up and pay like seven, eight, and just get something by yourself. That back of my <laughs> 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 Jordan, like the South is different. 
I mean, Arizona was... No, L.A. is different. Yeah, L.A. is different. I, I'm coming from the bottom. It's, right. Mississippi is the cheapest state, just about. Mm-hmm. California, L.A. is about the highest state. Yeah, it's so, got to be up there, yeah. A, for sure. There's a huge difference in prices. Yeah. Um, what's been... I mean, obviously, you know, we the world was impacted by COVID. We're not going to, you know, just erase that. But what's been one of the most enjoyable things you've enjoyed in this chapter of your life now? Oh, meeting new people. Yeah. By far. That's one of the things that actually I loved about L.A. Because L.A. has always been like a, a hot pot pretty much of all different cultures, all different people. And it's just nice just meeting like just a different crowd. Like, yeah. Yeah. What, uh... I mean, you know, we actually know I want to get into it a little bit. So, so Tyrone's a chef. I'm not a chef. He's a humble. He's a he's a, <laughs> he's a humble cook. He's a, all right. Let me say he's a humble, experienced young man who can cook. Coming out here, what has your taste palette been like out here? Like cooking at home compared to like, oh, I know I can go to this place restaurant wise and eat something just as good. Like, have you found your go to restaurants out here yet? So. I am lazy. Yeah. Extremely lazy. So most of the time I tend to eat lunch at and I go out for lunch. If I cook something just gonna be on the weekend mm-hmm. and I have for dinner for that week or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I have not found like a restaurant restaurant place, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So, but I found fast food spots I can get something quick and good that's a, that pretty much will keep me going for okay. the most time. Now now just just to again put it in perspective, don't hold back, don't be humble. When you cook, what's a, what's a what's an ideal dinner look like, or an ideal like spread look like when you cook? If I'm cooking, if Tyrone's cooking, nothing gonna be healthy. You might not see nothing green. <laughs> <laughs> you might not see nothing green at all. Like, <laughs> I might throw some butter in there just to be safe, but to, I, what, what's I, the I spread look like? What's I, the spread look like? I'm probably doing some ribs, some pool, pool some ribs. Some cream corn and some um, just some fries or something simple like that. Yeah, nothing too nothing too crazy. Just keep it simple with those. Just keep it simple with those, ladies and gentlemen. Because that's I'm very bad at cooking fast, Mm -hmm. but if I take my time and cook, then I'm pretty decent at it. Okay, okay. So that's real. No, I mean, and and like you said, it's a fair assessment. It's not lazy. Sometimes it's just. Um, you're tired. Like you put in a lot of time at work, and yeah. then it's like, yo, I don't want to spend more time rushing, rushing to eat, rushing cooking. And definitely, if I spend short amount of time cooking, like during the week, if I cook during the week, it won't be for that night. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be for like the next. That makes day. sense. We're, we're cooking leftovers. I, I respect it. Um, dating. Oh, okay. You know, you want to go into this? not not dating, but I mean, just when you say meeting people. And being that who you are and how genuine you are. Have you, everybody always says dating in LA is like, oh, it's so hard, it's so difficult. What's your perspective been, if you don't mind sharing a little bit of that? So my perspective is very cool. You can be very, you know. There's different ways to go about dating. Yeah. And even though social media, like the online dating is a method, and I say use every method that you can use. Okay. It's just, you have to change your percentage based on how things are working. Mm-hmm. During COVID, on, uh, I'm more online based, but once people started having meetups and group ups, like that care, I was in some like Carefree Black LA, 
Project 1820. Shout out. We're going to get to that in a little I'm bit. I'm just like different group, like everywhere. I find groups of people. Your pockets. And then from there, you can expand. Like, he meets people at different events. And then you can kind of, I have something in common with them, and then we can kind of branch out that way. That's the best way to kind of genuinely grow something <laughs> try to meet people just go somewhere where you commonly meet and then you got your just your out of the meal just meet someone in, in real life in person yeah my no. success has not been online my success has been in those small groups and going out and actually meet people okay well thank you you know what I'm saying thank you for that perspective a lot of times you know people move from an Atlanta Georgia or they or they went to an HBCU you know where it's predominantly black <clears throat> you know yeah um the dating pool is is open or like you know like it's just more genuine and things like that and then people say oh you moved to LA and it's very you know uh, superficial it's the you know black men don't date black women and you know nobody wants to take anybody out like everything black men black women like whatever it may be so everybody has this kind of Perspective, and so I just wanted your perspective. That's all, yeah. and it changes. You know, it changes based on everything. Um, My perspective is a little bit different because I didn't start dating until I came out here. Ah, so well, let's get into that. No, I'm kidding. We don't. I mean, yeah. what, wait. So you were just solely school committed in college? No. So <laughs> I was so school committed until high school. Okay, gotcha. High school was literally. Football or tennis, whatever sport, whatever season that was in. Mm-hmm. I was in like AP classes. Of course. And then church. Like my uncle is a pastor of a church. So yeah. my, it's a family church. So pretty much involved in that. I had to clean up the church on every other Sunday, every other Saturday type of deal. So it was like those three things kind of ruled my whole high school to the point where I didn't really fit women in or didn't have the need slash desire to. Got to college and I got rid of some of those things. And then I became, okay, now I actually have to build myself up a little bit in order to actually attract the opposite gender. And then came out here with engineering job. <laughs> Mechanical engineering. So. At a private place. <laughs> so, um, yeah. let's just say, I'm still building social skills, but mm-hmm. it's just like, hey, I didn't, I'm still not hitting my peak, but I'm definitely above where I was before. Hey, it's all come on, matter. now you hear the growth. You hear the growth. So the, I can't really give you an accurate description of dating yeah. in Mississippi just because of those things. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. Um, now, you said a very important factor that I wanted to, to go into, and that's being a man of faith. Okay. Not only being a man of faith, being a man of faith from the South. Now, again, just like we started this out, I know a few things about the South when it comes to how they don't play about their religion. Now, I have family in Abbeville, Mississippi, and I have been to church in Abbeville, Mississippi, in the SIL, the big SIL. Well, that's like a really small town SIL, but, you know, I guess coming from soul-centered, like you're saying, soul-centered around church, and just a man of faith and a man of faith and then coming out to not only going to college but also you know going through trials and tribulations uh going through trials and tribulations of uh college and then coming out into the real world like how has keeping your faith been and and just finding those networks and finding those people that you can lean on in person that you can lean on you know i'm saying connectivity wise 
So that's a whole loaded question to say. Like, <laughs> where do you want me to start? As a man of faith, <laughs> where you want me to start there? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Wherever you want to start, it's a long, long, loaded question. It is a very because this question. is this is literally the the meat and potato of why I wanted Tyrone and I want to give him his flowers. <laughs> this exact point moment right here. Uh, you talking about? So luckily, my church wasn't as extreme, but church service starts at nine. Sunday school starts at 9 and at like 11, 11.30. Then you have service that doesn't end to pretty much like 1.30 to apply. So luckily my church service pretty much, you only have service on second and fourth Sundays. Okay. So you have Sunday school every Sunday, but you only have service on second and fourth. And the reason was because back when I don't know when, the pastor, there wasn't no pastors. So they had to go from church to church. So second and fourth was one Sunday, then first and third was another Sunday, and we just kind of kept that tradition going. But my dad used to tell me stories yeah, about bet. about how they cut that time down <laughs> a lot when I was growing up. And like when the pastor used to get through preaching, they used to have a whole conversation on what he just preached about. <laughs> and it was, yeah. Four hour sermons to then not going home because <laughs> then you got to help cook. Oh no! So luckily they actually, they cook the night night before the morning up, have everything in the oven, and there when you when you there and when you get out and you have a breakfast before you go in. So the church eats together. Oh no! Your oh. grandma whoever cooks at home does. That. Okay, got you, got you, got you. Your okay, grandma gotcha. whoever does that at home does that. Got you. And then what about the food after? You talking about the? F- no. This is all at home stuff. You're yeah, 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 yeah. Like you, oh, okay, you cook. You. You pretty much prepare yourself before. Yeah. For when it be ready, right out there, you have people come over. Like my grandma's house, we always came. My grandma was like five minutes from the church, or if that. So, so you walked all, or drove. Okay, so that's, 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 we walked when I was in Abbeville. That's why I said I, 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 I can see it. They used to do that too. Deep my, dad, my dad used to say they used to go over the heat. My dad told me about time he had a bike with no brakes. Yo. <laughs> Yo. Yo. So, so he would help me downhill. But that's a whole different story. But yeah, they, they, um, but no, we drove. So we always just met up over my grandma's house and she always cooks mm-hmm. Sunday dinner. And then, yeah. Gotcha. So, Coming out here, so going back to it, and the reason why, like I said, I wanted you on here. Uh, Tyrone and I met at a church community group out here called Project 1820. Um, for those who have never heard me talk about it, it started out by two faith-driven, I was going to try to make a really cool word around entrepreneurs, but two women of faith um, in Christianity whom were watching Transformation Church, um, Michael Todd's service, or Michael Todd's church out in uh, Oklahoma, and basically, long story short, they started in their living room and it grew to a point where we literally were meeting in person at a like event space or we work space kind of thing. Um, and then obviously when COVID broke us back into virtual, um, the men's group kind of developed through, hey, the men want to continue to do something. Let's continue to meet, you know, one day a week outside of just Sundays. Now, the crazy part is I think Tyrone and I met virtually and then I saw you like a week later what you did because I, I don't remember meeting you in person first I met you we met you at a birthday thing was it someone's birthday when we actually went out yeah it was somebody's birthday but that was after because we met on it I thought we met online at a service we, we, or zoom like we, we met, met on, online zoom pretty yeah, much yeah, like yeah. March time Friday. yes and then I finally met you in person at a birthday 
Yes, I'm not sure. I don't think that was a week later. No, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> not not the time frame of it, but we met before I met you in person. I met you via Zoom. Yeah, yeah, you met me in Zoom yeah. way before you met me in person. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. way and before. I, I was like, man, Jordan is tall. <laughs> That's usually the first thing everybody's like, dang, man, you tall, you tall to be on Zoom. I'm like, sorry, I'm gonna, put, I'll put my knees in in the Zoom video next time. I'm not. I'm um, not I mean, I just thought you were tall. I don't care too much about the Zoom. Yo, I'm weak. But um, <laughs> but no, I, I wanted to, I wanted to say that. You know, as somebody who's growing intentionally in, in faith and Christianity and walking this, you always meet people along the way whom help you, develop you, and, and grow you. And, you know what I'm saying? I, I always say this, and he's a humble, humble man, but, like, you literally put God in a new perspective of, like, Southern growth in me. And I mean that by, like, you're younger than me. But age doesn't mean anything because you were spiritually. Thanks, Harry. You were like spiritually more grown than I was at that time, and the way that you would approach perspectives, the way you would pray about things, and the way you just went about how genuine you were. Like I tell people all the time outside of this, and I'm telling you this in person. Like I will fight for you. Like and so it sounds crazy, I know, but like I love how genuine you are to people. I literally have. I'm listening. I'm gassing this man up because he deserves it. But we were in Houston, Texas for a men's, a men's. We, we all flew out to Houston to go enjoy something else. And I literally saw this man grab an umbrella that he was holding up while it was raining outside to go walk a young lady to her car to not even get her phone number or nothing. And it goes back to what he originally said was, I do nice things for myself. I don't do it for others. And that just shows me like not only that your family has raised the young man the right way, but you're out here on the West Coast genuinely growing. And so I wanted to give you your flowers live on this call because you deserve it. Thank you, Jordan. Yeah. I know it's a lot. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> but that that's how you've that's how you've impacted me. Um and and I don't know if you know how much you've impacted the other men on the call and things like that. And you're always gonna show up when you when you can. Like, hey, I'm coming out of work. I'll be there. Hey, I'm on Zoom, but like I'm cooking. I'm going to be there. Hey, you need me to make this? I'm going to be there. Oh, congratulations on this. I watched it. I saw it. Um, you're always showing up for, for others, and I, I wanted to say thank you for showing up for me all the time. Believe it or not, and this is, I really appreciate y'all too, because y'all the first church group I've been in that hadn't pushed me to the front. Mm. <laughs> mm. Like every, every other one I'm talking about. I go from being a participant to being a leader. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I definitely appreciate y'all. Like, there's some strong people in, in that group. Yeah. And Jordan, like I said, you my you my guy, you my dog. Like, that's my dog. Jordan, Jordan. I can't even explain how Jordan is, but Jordan, you need someone you can count on him. Yeah. That's one thing I know for sure. Thank you. Thank you, genuinely. Um, but yeah, man, I you know like this is this is something about my season in LA was and has been continuing to be about how do I become intentional about being who I am for who I need to be, um, surrounding myself with people whom not challenge me like oh you shouldn't be doing that but like showing me how I should be without even knowing it I'm like dang I need to be more like this or like why do I feel a certain type of way when I see somebody doing this. And I'm like, maybe I should try this more. Um, and so the, the gift that I've learned from you is just literally 
just genuinality, if that's even a word, just genuinism, genuine, do it for you, don't do it for others. You know what I'm saying? And I've seen you do that, even coming on and doing this podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I'm going to be there. You know what I'm saying? And you, you know what I'm saying? But, um, but yeah, you know, enough about the flowers and that love and perspective. Um, but what's, what's next for you in life? You know, like as you, as you continue to, to grow into the, to the young man that you are and you know what I'm saying? Like what, what's something that you want to see continue to develop in this chapters for you? So I'm using LA as a growing place. I can't see myself staying here long term. Mm -hmm. I can see myself being here for a good minute, three to five years. Mm -hmm. Definitely varying. But what I want to use LA for is a base to grow. And just like before, I want to get my my master's degree. Got to use my company to do that. I got to start on that process. Uh, want to build up relationships with people up here. I want to um, eventually. I want to get married, but. I'm not sure that's super close by, but hey, I gotta take the steps now and build up myself as a person and build myself up financially, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. I build myself up like that, and this is currently the stage I'm at. And so when you think of me right now, I'm thinking myself at the stage of, I'm at a stage of growth and development, meeting people, getting strong, getting wiser, seeing where other people are, seeing what mistakes they're made, see what what thing I can avoid, what things I can take in, how I can go to the next level. That's real. That's good. So, when you're talking about growth, I'm like, I don't know the highest I can go, but I'm not really even looking to get to the the max Mm -hmm. of any level, that makes sense. I'll be satisfied being to the point where I don't have to worry about money and I still have, because at certain points, you place things too high, then other things value become lower. Mm. So, it's like, I want to make money, but I don't want to make too much money to where I'll spend all my time making money and not spend time with my family. Mm-hmm. Or I want to spend time with my family, but I don't want us to be worried about food on the table. or new car or what's going I want to make enough money to where I don't have to worry about money and then and still with my family that it's more like a, a comfortability and not like a, a stride but to get even to that point is <laughs> to get even to it's that point is a beauty in it is a stride in of itself because most people have like a dollar amount I'm like family I, I don't really just want to be so. I just want to be. I just want to be me. I want to be it. Yeah, I feel that. I, I don't mind working in stronger and then some point building stuff on the side, but I'm not doing nothing on the side now. You're not but modeling. No modeling for Tyrone in the, in the near future. I have to do some workout. I gotta be on my <laughs> Jordan Run. I, I gotta be like on Jordan Running thing. Man, man but when I'm telling you, high school, I played ball. They worked you like that. <laughs> they worked you. I'm talking about to the point where I haven't seen the gym consistently yet. <laughs> like you've been, you've been like, yo, I'm tired. Like that's a good reset. That's it. it it's just like, man, I know what I can do in there, mm-hmm. and it's like I don't want to go. <laughs> I don't want to. You don't want to turn into Hulk, the sip, the sippy Hulk. You know what I'm saying, the sippy Hulk. So, but no, I feel that. Well, I always end out every episode kind of the same way, kind of different. Um, and for yours and for everybody, it's always a letter. Um, now I want your letter. This is your prompt. 
and you can say it however you want. But the letter is a written letter thanking everything from 2022. So if you were to read a letter and on December 31st of 2022, looking back on the year that you just had, or we don't even have to say 2022. You could just say in the future, just it's, looking back. It's fine. Either way. Um, what would that letter say for you right now? I hope you enjoyed your fun. <laughs> I know you learned some hard lessons. I know you went through a lot of things. But you have grown. You will get better. And that won't be the first time you fall down. But you can use that momentum to build yourself up. Um... Yeah, that might not have worked out, but you knew that from the get-go. <laughs> you knew that from the start, but hey, you gotta live with some things. Some mistakes you can bounce back from. Um, how does this on my... Some things I'm thankful for. Yeah, definitely thankful for my, my people right here. I got Jordan, Will, Josh. I can take Frenchie. I can set Keith. I can just... Let's just go on and on for my folks out here, family, and just keeping them safe. And yeah, just hopefully no deaths, no more deaths, because deaths is in memory, rapping everywhere. Yeah, hopefully I can see my people get stronger. And not just building a, building by yourself, building up people with you or hiring you. Remember who kept you here, remember who brought you out, and remember who's going to keep you, keep your mind going. He brought you in, he can bring you out, nothing to, nothing, he won't put more on you than you can bear. <laughs> and this burden you bear so far, you keep on bearing it. So, just starting off. Um, sign Tyrone. There it is. My dog from the seal, big seal, big sippy Tyrone. I don't know where that word came from, but uh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> George just loves the silk. He he really just loves saying it's the a, silk. It's a dope, like it's a dope, like I'm from silk. You know I'm, what I'm saying? Like I'm it's probably, like, oh, you know what that is? Like you know what I'm saying? Hell, silk. You know what I'm no, people don't know what that is. Well, yeah, that's, but that's what they gotta learn. You know what I'm saying? I mean, listen, prime time. Dion is putting Jackson on the map. He so putting Jackson. Man. He put Jackson on the map. Hugh Jackson is out in Grambling. It's a great world for Eddie George is at Tennessee State. It's a great world for HBCUs right now, but. More importantly, it's great to have you in my world as one of my good friends. So, like I said, thank you for joining me on here. Um, for those who are interested in, you know what I'm saying, like, Tyrone, you're an amazing person, or Tyrone, I want to hang out with you, or Tyrone, let's go to a carnival, because Tyrone loves a good festival. And I'm going to leave it at that. But, <laughs> um, you know, how do we keep in contact with you? You know what I'm saying? I mean, my Instagram is TyroneMCD. Um... I mean, if I tr I trust Jordan. If you hit if you hit up Jordan, he can get my he can give you my contact information if need be. Salute. Um, like I said, I trust I, I can trust Jordan. So yeah, um, I ain't sending no weenies your way, no losers. So um, I'm about to say, he follow, hit me up on Instagram. Um, that's mainly that's probably the best way. Even though I don't post, I. I don't post, but I'm on there, so he'd be on there, ladies and gentlemen. So you 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 find the follow. I follow back, and yeah, you know, just Tyrone MCD. Um, I am my dog. 
Well, again, man, I, like I said, I appreciate you coming on here. Um, I don't have any like physical flowers this time, but I hope you understand that the flowers I gave you are genuine, not just for this mic. I you know what I'm saying? Appreciate but, them. I take them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I hope you look back on this at the end of the year and see the letter that you wrote yourself and just know, like, wow, that really all, you know. I, I really hope all those trials don't come like I'm thinking. Well, yeah. But they might. might. Well, I mean, like, listen, if the trials came, that means this, you're on the other side of the battle like, to see them. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah. again. It's just discipline. Yeah. And that's, that's key. <clears throat> And speaking about discipline, thank you so much, guys, for continuing to not only keep up and stay consistent with me, but making sure you hit that subscribe button, sharing with friends and family all around the world on that Apple podcast, SoundCloud, and Spotify. This is another episode of Say It Loud, to live and die in LA. That is not my goal. That is not Tyrone's, but you got to love it while we're here. Make sure you guys wash your hands, and more importantly, all around the world, wash your ass. Stay black. You are tuned into the Say It Loud podcast. Say it loud. It's funny. It's deep. It's lit. Say it loud. Say it loud. Best podcast I've ever listened to.